Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, the bank built and supported by industry super funds. Ever wondered about getting a better deal on your home loan? Well, it might be time to get in touch with MeBank. Whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a loan that's right for you with competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So stop wondering and start saving. Call MeBank on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now here's the show. I believe myself. Um and I think that's that's a good lesson to sort of take away is it's it's really easy to underestimate what you can achieve over the long term and everyone sort of tends to overestimate what they can do in six months and, or 12 months. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors, find out more about their stories, mindset and strategy. In this episode, we talk with Michael Ossett, a Sydney-based property investor with over 18 years of experience in the field and a $3.8 million property portfolio to prove it. Ossett shares his view on Australia's retirement struggles and explains why diversification and property renovation are two key strategies to successful property investment. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. While Osset's previous professional experiences in design and development certainly contribute to his success, the most essential factor leading up to this was his calculated mindset. When buying his first property, however, he identifies the risk of investment as something that was holding him back. I think when you uh, buy the first one, whether it's a place for you to, to live in yourself or, or your first investment property, I think just the thought of, uh, of losing money um, or the risk of losing money definitely plays a, a big part um, in your mind. You know, it's probably the biggest asset that anybody will ever purchase, or at least the, you know, the most expensive. And I think that uh, that you know fear of losing money certainly plays plays a part in it, and it did for us. But you know we went through the process of of researching areas and and buying sensibly, uh, buying below market value and and adding value uh, by renovation and and utilizing my experience in in design and construction. And I think once we got comfortable with the notion that you know this thing wasn't going to lose value then, you know, we could take steps towards doing it. In overcoming his fear of risk, Osset has been able to start his own investment advisory and buyers agency. 
transforming his experiences into consulting information for his clients. However, he does credit some of his knowledge to a few authors and their books. I think um, you know one of the early resources that um, I took an interest in was was really reading, um, reading books um, on anything and everything, sort of finance, personal investment, and, and property. And you know, having moved to Australia, that that passion came came with me, um, and you know, started reading books by Australian authors um, really from from when we were here and you know some of the the classics uh, you know the Jan Summers books and, and Margaret Lomas books were, were really a great introduction to to property as an investment in Australia um, and I think you know reading those sort of books and and being inspired by other people that have built um, big portfolios um, definitely alleviates um, any hesitation in the risks that you take and, and obviously risking your savings. With due diligence and patience, Osset built on his foundations by constantly researching and making sure he understood the numbers before committing to any property investment. When you're buying a property, you really want to understand what it is that you're buying uh, before you do commit to it. So doing the research, understanding the numbers and you know, I think you've got to put the same level of detail into buying a property as you would an individual share and um, you, know, you can pay consultants to, to help you do that, um, just like you can, I suppose, a buyer's agent uh, or strategist for, for property. Osset believes that his profits from property investment were worth the mental stress of risk-taking and the hard work on accumulating background knowledge. However, what has been the reason behind his quest to build on his already multi-million dollar property portfolio on top of running a successful advisory business? So I think uh, why is is important. I think that's the number one um, thing to to get in place first, and that's something I I work with my clients now um, to really ascertain. Is you're not buying property for the sake of it, um, or because it's the cool thing to do, or everybody else is doing it. There's got to be a you know a reason behind it and a big a big picture. Um, and and for us, the why was was really to get to a position where we had a passive income coming through from the portfolio that that meant we didn't have to work full time until we're 65 or or even 70 or 75 as the case might be as as people edge uh, to retirement in Australia Um, and you know there was a time when I was working in the corporate world and um, although I enjoyed it you know it was something I, I couldn't see myself doing for another 30 or 35 years and so really the why is you know, to get to a position uh, to be able to have an income coming through, um, whether you get up in the morning and go and do a job or work or a business or whatever it is and, and have, have that income there. Also claims that the passive income from modern Australian superannuation is not enough to sustain a comfortable lifestyle after one's retirement. Absolutely, and um, and I think um, you know the the pension in Australia is is not going to be enough for people to rely on. And you know when I sit down with with clients and and really ask them, you know how do they see their their retirement funds playing out? Um, you know and the level of superannuation that that some people have, and and really when you're looking at it now and, and continue to pay nine and a half or, or even ten percent, it's it's probably not going to be enough to give people the lifestyle that they really want and, and deserve later in life. Um, and I think property offers that opportunity to build um, equity and, uh, and build a passive income down the track that, uh, that you can rely on. 
Well, I think if you if you were looking at um, having a hundred thousand clear, um, you would uh, you'd probably need in excess of, of two million. Um, I would have said in in super, um, you know, even if you get in a cash return of five percent from that, and um, you've obviously got to take tax um, off that as well. And um, you know, and a hundred thousand now um, will be will be less in the future as well. So you've got to factor in inflation into that. As such, also considers his profits from property investment to be future beneficiaries and continues to invest purely for his own and his family's future. Super is one of those things that sort of people forget about until later in life. They they see it as a um, you know a forced element that that comes out of their pay slip every fortnight or, or month, and kind of people just leave it on the default setting. And you know the government have put things in place to try and increase that uh, compulsory contribution by by raising it to nine point five. And there was talk of raising it further, but you know who knows what's going to happen with that. But I think I read a stat somewhere that said you really need to be putting close to 15% um, of your salary into super uh, from early in your career right through till the day you retire to really have enough to to continue that salary that you used to. Um, you know, many people get to retirement age and and then the the income that comes through is, is significantly less than than what they were on. And, and many people have to continue to work well into their 70s uh, to offset that. He believes that the best advice he's received is an encouragement to take on opportunities when they arise. I think um, the best advice I had um, was kind of on that theme uh, really was to um, to sort of take the position that, that good enough is good enough. Um, so you've got to do enough research and due diligence to make sure uh, that an investment is going to do what you want it to do. Um, but at the same time, you do need to take action on it. Um, I think if you procrastinate too long and you try and find the perfect investment, um, something that's you know 100% perfect, you'll never get started. Um, so really, yeah, good enough is good enough, and and get going um, with it, and and you know start start today. Combining his background research coming into the industry with motivation to begin investing, Osset's mindset was key to his success in both his portfolio and his business. Following on from from what I just said, um, I think diligence. Um, yeah, I've always been an extremely diligent person. Um, I think whatever it is that I do, I always seek to do the, the best job possible. Um, so obviously looking right into the detail and, and ensuring that you know thorough research has been carried out. Um, and I think this helps enormously in, in building um, you know a comprehensive strategy around our portfolio and actually carrying it out. Uh, with care and, and due diligence, um, and I think I've, I've carried out um, or carried over that habit um, into into our business. Um, you know, to ensure that whatever we do, whether it's um, servicing clients or communicating, um, that we do everything in the in the best possible way, and, and making sure it's in the client's best interest. Um, and I think that quality of, of customer service and and commitment to doing the right thing um, has been really well received by, by everybody that we've worked with and, and worked alongside. Coming up after a break, we'll delve into Michael Osset's strategy and how he built a successful portfolio from his adding value and renovation strategy. 
you know, we spent nearly a month renovating that property uh, to add value to it, but also increase the rent uh, that that property could achieve from, from the start. And, and really, that was the strategy to begin with. To the simple but successful buy and hold strategy? So the two in Brisbane, I'd say, were, were low maintenance, just purely buy and hold for the long term. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Invest Story. Are you looking at buying or investing in property? Like what are the property hotspots or how do I start my portfolio? Clever ways to renovate and how to make an extra $50,000? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, Learn from the experts at the Property Buy Expo in Brisbane on the 26th to 27th of May. Use the promo code PI for a free two-day pass valued at $50. For tickets and more information, visit the website at propertybuyexpo.com.au. Now back to the show. Supported by his detailed background research and previous experiences with design and development, Osset's first property was a success. We got into the first um, property, uh, or the, the first investment, uh, and really stuck to, to what we knew at the time, and, and it has bode well for us. Um, but really, that was, you know, a, a Sydney asset that we could add value to. So, as I say, it was a original condition apartment, and um, you know, we spent nearly a month renovating that property. Uh, to add value to it, but also increase the rent uh, that that property could achieve from from the start. And and really, that was the strategy to begin with. Um, It was what I call a a buy, renovate and then hold strategy. So we did that with the first one. And and then when we we sold our original uh, principal place of residence and and bought our second one, uh, we we followed the same strategy. Um, So we bought a house in in the northern beaches. Um, again, it was an older house uh, that needed a lot of work doing to it, which meant we could buy it for a good price because a lot of people um, were put off by it. Um, but you know, we could see the potential of the the property, and we bought that and have been adding value to it um, ever since. Um, with that particular property as well, although we were buying it for ourselves, we we had a bit of an investment mentality with it. Uh, so the the house that we bought was actually a split level house um, that the previous owner had had rented out separately, and um, and we saw that as a bit of a, a golden opportunity to to get a bigger place for ourselves, but um, also gain an income from it. And um, we've rented the other half of our house out for um, going on five years now, and you know the rent from that has covered half the mortgage and. You know, cash flow wise, we're, we're you know spending less than we did uh, for our apartment before that. After buying two properties in Sydney, Osset furthered his portfolio by investing in a property in Queensland and South Australia. So after we uh, we were sort of um, holding our two Sydney properties, um, we started to, to see the growth come through them um, from the value that, that we'd manufactured, um, but also with the market at the beginning of, of 2020. 12, 2013, um, and we managed to to borrow against that equity to to further the portfolio. Um, and we we took a slightly different strategy in terms of diversifying. So we wanted to buy outside of Sydney, outside of New South Wales. So we bought two houses up in in Brisbane, um, but we we bought um, 
you know, houses that were less than 10 years old. So they were kind of a set and forget property, um, low maintenance and, and had a good cash flow coming through from, from day one. And really that was to help balance out the portfolio. We had plans of starting a family um, in the not too distant future. And, and for us, cash flow was, was critical. Um, and so getting into that helped, helped really balance the portfolio. He was smart about diversification, purposely choosing to invest in property in Brisbane and Adelaide due to their predicted growth and positive cash flow. So we got uh, we got two houses up in in Brisbane in Queensland, um, and then the next two we bought in in Adelaide um, in South Australia. Um, I suppose when we bought into Brisbane, that was a case of of buying outside of New South Wales um, at a price point that was was accessible to us with the equity that was was available, um, and really doing the research around growth areas and and yield at the time to to be able to to give us a cash flow that that really covered itself so those properties were were sort of positive cash flow from day one once the depreciation was taken into account and it really meant that we we weren't forfeiting much of our disposable income to be able to hold them um and yeah i mean reason brisbane at the time was i suppose you know it's going back three or four years and and the focus was on brisbane at the time thinking that sydney couldn't go much further and and what's eventuated is that Sydney continued to grow. And, and what we're actually starting to see now is that focus um, uh, reappearing on Brisbane um, as people are, are certainly priced out of Sydney and, and Melbourne. Um, and so hopefully we, we should start to see some good capital growth coming through um, on those properties. He looked to make profits by preparing to hold his properties for the long term rather than selling out unexpectedly. The strategy was kind of mixed between Brisbane and Adelaide. So the two in Brisbane, as I say, were, were low maintenance, just purely buy and hold for the long term. Um, but then to balance that out and, and diversify further, we, the two houses that we bought in Adelaide um, were not too dissimilar really to the Sydney strategy um, in terms of buying older properties on, on good blocks of land. Um, and then the idea is to hold them um, and then develop them down the track, probably in about eight eight years now. So the idea was that they'd been um, partially renovated not too long before we bought them. So they had good depreciation benefits on them at the time, but it meant that we could depreciate out uh, that value for, say, 10 years and then look to knock down and build townhouses on those blocks um, and really give us you know, development opportunity down the track. No, definitely. And, and I think that's key for anybody uh, building a portfolio is, is that you've really got to set out a plan up front and, and work out you know, what is your capacity, uh, what can you buy and where, and, and ultimately what, what's the cash flow look like coming through from those properties. Um, you know, so many people jump into to property investment without understanding the numbers and three or four years down the track realise that, you know, they're hemorrhaging money and, and they can't afford to hold on to it anymore. Um, and even, you know, clients that we've sat down with um, have bought property with a whim um, on, a, on a whim a few years ago. And, and now, you know, they're in negative equity and, and the cash flow is, is hurting. And, you know, for them, they've you know, got to look at the option of selling them or, or reinvesting the funds somewhere else. So I think if you do the research and plan up front, you can avoid those mistakes. 
Osset also reassures investing beginners by pointing out that more often than not, they underestimate what they can achieve over the long term. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in, in not really having any regrets about you know, things you've done in, in the past. It's all, um, it's all lessons um, in life. But um, I think if I met myself 10 years ago and, and told um, him where I would be now, I probably wouldn't believe him um, or believe myself. Um, and I think that's, that's a good lesson to sort of take away is it's, it's really easy to underestimate what you can achieve over the long term. And everyone sort of tends to overestimate what they can do in six months and, or 12 months. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that passion that I've carried forward in, in, to term, in terms of building the portfolio has, has really just compounded over time. And, you know, as every year goes by, it, it just gets bigger and bigger. I think if I was going to um, sort of say anything else, that'd be it really follow the same strategy that we've we've done is is really put thought into it up front and, and keep pursuing opportunities, whether that's in investment or in a professional career or whatever it is. If if a door opens then, you know, and jump through it and, and take the opportunity that presents itself. Um and really follow follow your passion. I mean that was a sort of changing moment for me um into starting the business. Um but yeah, if there was there's any sort of negative things that I would change again, it it'd probably be to um, sort of curb some of the wasted spending, I suppose that we we did early on. Um, although we, you know, we were diligent savers. Um, I think if I went back, there's a few purchases along the way that I probably wouldn't make again. Um, you know, things that that lose the value or you don't use after a while. And you know, if you can be quite strict in that sense, um, you can really compound your savings and. And leverage even further, um, you know, in, in time. For the future of his portfolio, Osset believes that his passion for both his business and property investment will drive him into purchasing more properties, making larger profits, and generating a steady cash flow to take his family on holidays. Personally, with our portfolio, um, the, our strategy is, is to build on that um, with at least another four properties. Um, and the, the original strategy was um, with the classic sort of 10 properties in, you know, in 10 years. And um, although it's a bit of a cliche strategy, it held true with us and, and we've, we've kind of built our portfolio around that. Um, and you know, the target is really to get that valuation to at least 8 million in about 10 or 11 years um, and really that was the, the goal for us to, to secure a, a good enough passive income um, to uh, you know do things um, later on in life and, and give us the options to travel and, um, and do things with the family. And the other thing I, I'm really excited about, uh, I suppose, professionally is is really building uh, or continuing to build a, a great property advice and, and buyers agency business and, and helping as many other people as possible, um, you know, on a on a one to one level and help them invest into property strategically and, and also successfully. For readers both beginning in investment and those already in the field, also recommends Jan Summers' books. I think everybody uh, looking to get into property investment or is already in it, I think should definitely read the Jan Summers books. Um, you know, they're written quite a few years ago, but I think her strategies for, for wealth creation, you know, still hold, hold true today. And I think um, she's been um, been a guest on on you know uh, on other podcasts where she said the same that you know she hasn't really changed her strategy over the years and and kept true to to what she set out to do. Um, 
I think um, another one that stuck out for me was probably uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, I think it was a bit of a, a short classic book that really did a good job of explaining the, the fundamentals of accumulating appreciating assets as opposed to just accumulating you know lifestyle assets and depreciating assets like cars and and uh, furniture and clothing and things like that but uh no, that was a great book and i think um you know i think everyone should read that one as a bit of a an introduction um and then more recently probably within the last five years um i think books by pete wardgen um are well worth a read uh, by anybody interested in personal finance property investment and, and wealth creation i think the way that uh, the pete gets over uh, the content and the strategies in a in a simple form that, that anyone can understand. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a great book to read. For those who are interested in Michael Osset and his strategies to invest in property, Osset's business offers a wide range of consultations for different groups of investors. So our business um, is a Strand uh, Property Group. But um, two parts of the business. Um, the first part is um, investment advisory, and that's where we um, help clients put together long-term plans and, and strategies around building property portfolios. Um, and that that can be on a, on a, a national basis. Um, um, you know, we'll, we'll look at all different options for our clients and, and really put a blueprint in place to get them started. Um, and that's, that's certainly targeted towards, um, you know, the professional uh, couple who might have cash savings or, or equity built up in their existing property. And they want to leverage on that and start to build a, a property portfolio. So we help them um, strategize. Um, but then the other part of the business is, as, as you mentioned, the buyer's agency business. So um, so we specialize in, in the lower North Shore, uh, Northern Beaches, areas around Manly and, and Frenchers Forest. Um, and then the sort of inner sort of city east areas uh, like Paddington, Surrey Hills, Bondi Junction. Um, and again, that our sort of value approach is, you know, helping people, helping professionals save time. Um, you know, a lot of professional people are very time poor. Uh, they don't have time to go out searching properties during the week and especially on weekends when they want to spend time with friends and family. Um, but also, you know, saving them stress. The, the whole process of buying properties is quite stressful. And, um, you know, we do that, uh, that whole end-to-end service to, uh, to hold their hand through the process and make it as easy as possible. And then, obviously, we try and save them money as well um, by negotiating well, buying the property at the right price, ensuring that people don't overpay, especially with the changing market in Sydney. It's very easy for, for someone who doesn't understand the market uh, to pay, you know, what would have been prices six months ago. Um, and really take a read on the market. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I suppose our point of difference um, is really my um, experience that I brought to the business in terms of design and construction, um, you know, having an eye for detail and understanding how buildings go together. So when we inspect properties, you know, I can immediately see whether there's going to be potential issues or, or anything stands out as a, as a potential problem, even before we have a, a building and pest report done. For more details on Strand Property Group and Michael Osset, visit their website and download their Introduction to Property Investment Guide. 
head to our website which is strandpropertygroup.com.au um, that's got our phone number and contact details uh, down the bottom of that page and um, yeah if anybody's interested in um, property investment in general um, we've got a great um, PDF download on there which which is a good intro to invest in um, and that includes my seven key elements of, of successful investing um, so if uh, someone wants to go on there and put their details in they, they can get a free copy of that thank you to michael osser our guest on this episode of property investory if you want to hear more about his journey visit our website at propertyinveststory.com simply type in the search bar michael osser and select that episode to learn more about his story also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send out exclusively via email, then head over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com to receive your free case studies. Thanks for listening. 